Wheel, Kipper, and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. All bets are off Friday. Usually we're exhausted at this point from all the yelling and screaming. That's why we bring in people with bigger personalities than us and put them on the air. <laughs> yes, and we've got a big one in about 45 minutes. Colby Armstrong mm-hmm. will make his season debut on the Real Kipper and Born Show, season two, episode 13. It's game time. It is game time. Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick, Semi, who's feeling a little bit better as the Leafs gave Leaf Nation a better 60 minutes, including the PHP, which was nice. The what now? PHP. The hell's that? The pond hockey point. (laughs) All right, then. It's good. It's good. You need those. This is a team that should get a lot of those. Hasn't in the past. No, it hasn't. So that's, uh, that's good enough. And come on, let's start with, I think the, the the biggest, best story out of last night, Nick Robertson. Yes. And before we go anywhere with Nick, I absolutely just loved his energy, his enthusiasm. And I think in, in the post-game comment, um, he talked about uh, his family again and his mm-hmm. mom, and he just says, like, she's my rock. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, how do you not love a kid who says, my mom's my rock. Yeah. That's it. You, you, Nick, you had me at hello, buddy. You had me at hello with you that know, one. You know, he's Bunch putting of mama's work. boys around here, eh? My what? mom's my rock, too. Yeah, you know? I think we all are. Yeah, yeah I Bunch share that. boys. But, you know, he put in the work. <laughs> he's had some tough years. It was supposed to come easy. He's in the Columbus playoffs, and it hasn't come easy. I'm sure he's, uh, he's needed a shoulder to talk to, <laughs> not cry on. He's a big boy. I think it's just what we do is so fun and remarkable because how different of a show are we having today if Jamie Benn pulls off the nasty toe drag I know and doesn't get his pocket picked by Nick Robertson wildly undiscussed thing is he got burned before a desperation save I just it's the it's a game of inches on the ice and in the media coverage because it was all hunky dory but boy what it would have been if we had to come in here and that had to gone in it's funny it just, it's, that's what I think about. In the next little while, we're going to pull out uh, a few positives for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. More Friday than they were at the beginning of the week. That's Thank for sure. God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, could there have been less coming There's still Tuesday? some things that I'd like to see different or better. It'll be impossible to get through the next hour or so without bringing them up. But let's first and foremost stick with Nick Robertson here uh, and and really cover what we saw last night. Yeah. Um, you want to start with Sheldon Keefe's uh, Kipper's Clipper? Sure. Uh, and we'll play off of Sheldon's comments on his uh, newest goal score, two goals last night, including the overtime. Nick Robertson, here's Sheldon Keefe. Well, he has the ability to finish, right? And he, sh- he showed that tonight. He had two real, real good looks. He had a couple other looks, actually, that were close, but... Um, he has the ability to finish, but he just, he also just did a lot of other little things really well in the game. You know, he was on the puck, or checked, he got back on defense. Uh, it, was, it was a real good performance for him. It was. And when you get opportunities, you have to seize the opportunities. Yeah. And Nick 
did that. He did. You know, I, I thought I wrote an article today on Robertson. It's up on sportsnet.ca about the thing that's changed to me. And that's the skating for me. Like I, it's, it's just his ability to separate from the guy. Like he takes the Ben hit and rolls off it. Yes. A couple of strides, finds himself in a good spot. There's a number of times when he's Sheldon mentioned he's on the puck where he's at a dead stop. The D's getting yeah. away from him. He can get up to speed and slow that down. The puck just doesn't go the other way as much, you know? He's always had that, though. He's had the work ethic. I don't know if he's fast as fast as he is now. The biggest difference for me, JB, and he talked about it before training camp, is that he said, I'm stronger. Mm -hmm. And that's the first thing that I see out of Nick Robertson. And you just talked about the Ben hit. Yep. Last year, three years ago, he would have been on his ass. Mm -hmm. He would not have been able to... Absorb, nah, Ben missed him. Let's be honest. He didn't. He yeah, didn't get him as but well. But he misses because. But, but he still got about. To... He still got twenty or thirty percent off of him. Yeah. The difference is, uh, a younger Nick Robertson would have fallen, mm. and this one was able to roll off of it, and make the play. Yeah. Yeah. There's even a, a couple of plays with a minute and a half left in the third period. He skates out of his D zone, and a guy gets a stick across his shin pads as he's skating. And I think a lesser, a lighter Nick Robertson, maybe that slows him up, it holds him up. Maybe he even goes down, but he skates through the stick. And that is, you know, it's skating, it's strength, it's getting older. The other thing that stood out for me was that at times you watch him earlier and it's that junior mentality that I can take the puck and I can make a lot of things happen with it. Mm -hmm. And it's, no, this is the best league in the world right now. You better start finding out real quick that you can't hold on to the puck. It's giving goes. Yeah. And that's, that to me is, is changing the dynamic of, of his game already mm-hmm. is that once you have that mentality that I'm, I'm playing with some of the best players in the world, move the puck, I'll get it back. Yeah. And the same thing with the game winning goal. He starts it. He knows he's going to go to Matthews. He's like, who's that but, 34? But, he shoots but it in now sometimes. The, the difference is now he, he expected that puck back, yeah. and he got it. He opened up pretty good for it. Oh, no, no, no. credit on that <laughs> shot, too. A, he smoked like, it. Think about think about now opening up and saying, hey. Hey, Austin. <laughs> I, I know you got 60 last year, but bring it back <laughs> over here, pal. Billy Duke mentioned that and, before we came on air. And that, I thought that was really cool. Well, yeah. I thought that was telling. That's I thought that's telling. Like, I know it was the right play. Yeah, he's and a Matthew, shooter. He's in Matthew, a shooting spot. Well, no, but little maturity. But Matthews had the puck in the sweet spot, just outside the hash marks, easily could have let one rip. Mm-hmm. And didn't he go back? Didn't he say in the preseason? I was uh, in wedding mode in the preseason, so I was yeah. barely seeing clips. But didn't he say that he has the best shot on the team? He did, did Matthew say that. Say that Matt, about Matthews had some comment about how I can't, he, teach, I him can't teach him anything yeah. to shoot. Like, there's clearly a respect factor from the best players on the team to him. The fact that he's willing to pass it to him in that spot. I think that's something to me. Laughed off of Twitter two years ago when someone with the Marlies told me that he shoots it as well as Matthews. They said that Matthews gets it off quicker and gets to better spots, but they said that given the two of them in one spot, he said that, and again, don't take that out of context. I'm not saying he's going to be Matthews. I'm saying that one skill, he does it exceptionally well. And, And he... His shot's so good that he can beat goalies clean 20, 30 feet out. Which is rare. And I'll tell you another thing he can do. He can probably beat a few goalies standing still, and that's a hard thing for, for a lot of guys to do. Great point. That's how good his shot is. If he finds his spot and holds it, he's one of those few guys, and we've seen a few in the league, 
that can actually score from an almost standstill to mm-hmm. a standstill. Yep. He's got those type of hands. Stamco's type shot. So are we ready to go? Well, but just, no, yet, just, are we? Well, yeah, we, I will we'll, say, we'll I, get a butt in there. There's okay. a butt. There's a couple butts. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, here's a butt. <laughs> I just, it's funny when, because Bunting made a great play to him on that give and go, found him great streaking play, the net. Yeah. It was a nice pass. Yeah. But I will say, I already just had the confidence that that was going to go in the net when it landed on Robertson's when stick was Robertson? in that spot. Yeah, he's like, a I, guy just, I just yeah. knew that that like he's got that ability, which is not really something you can teach, not something you can find easily, and he's on a cheap deal. So. That's on fifteen stick. You're like, Ugh. yeah. To me, it's just <laughs> to me, it's just nice to have a guy that looks young and hungry in the lineup. It's been a while since they've had a guy that looks like that to me. Right. Totally agree. No, he's one. You know, great night, great skating, all that sort of stuff. You want to go with your first butt, or yes. you want me to go? You go. You you. You know mine first. That's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I I went on a rant yesterday. I'm, I'm right. still tired. <laughs> well, Sheldon at first, you know, he starts his comment. He's like, "Well, he can finish." Like it's like we know he can finish. You know, we were worried about the rest of the game. He's still going to have moments where he is a I don't want to say singularly focused player on offense, but like that's what he wants to do. He wants to use that shot. He wants to score. And there are times where I think he's going to get caught on the wrong side of the play or he actually he has a spin around a spin around a backhand where he tries to pass it out in front, traps his own guys, the play goes the other way because he wants to do something cool. And there's going to be times when Sheldon's like, you know, where it's just not working for him, where whatever, where they're saying, you haven't scored in five games, you turn it over 11 times tonight, we're going to watch tomorrow from the press box and just, you know, get your head... I, I feel like it's going to be up and down for him en route to scoring 23 goals this year. And you lead me right into my butt. Okay. And that is that the the media here has a way of building people up here to the point where uh, it doesn't meet reality. Right. And you kind of get nervous. And, you know, whether it's Sportsnet or TSN or Hockey Night – they're, they're going to sell this kid like crazy. You watch Saturday night. Uh, it'll be the Nick Robertson. What did he do? And they'll break it down. And it's like, and we know if he played on, thir- you know, 25 other teams in the league, it would be a nice story. But he, the guy would be kind of left alone. Mm-hmm. And you just, you just worry about now a guy now feeling like last night should happen most nights. Mm-hmm. And he's got to now manage. He went from a guy that was not in the lineup and back in the minors to now managing maybe new expectations. And that in itself is not an easy thing to go. It's, it's, it's like you said, there's, there's going to be peaks and valleys. It's now how he's going to judge himself as points. You so know, that, that in itself is going to be a new challenge for him. And then just to have that mentality, if he is an everyday player, if he, if he is in the lineup and you've got, what, 77 games to go here? Yeah. How does he manage that emotion? Physically we heard his comments. He was very emotional last night. He's got his family, his brother, the adrenaline and the energy in him. And guess what? Come February, yeah. we've maybe played three and four nights. Uh, that energy ain't there. No. That, no. that, that emotion's not there. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, he'll have it against the Jets on right? Hockey Night in Canada this so, week. So that's just a matter now of of just don't put too much pressure on this kid. He's not the savior. He's mm-hmm. not going to come in here and be the difference maker, whether or not the Leafs uh, uh, get out of the first round or, or win the Stanley Cup. It's just don't, don't, 
don't build them up too much. Yeah, that's fair. You know, what immediately comes to mind is Cole Caulfield. And Caulfield's season, you know, his sort of slow transition from a guy who shot everything in the net to a guy who was expected to do it at the NHL level and it didn't come easy. You know, once, I don't want to say once the pressure is off, but once he found his stride a little bit, it started to come and you could see, okay, it's a guy who it works for, now he's got it. I feel like that for Robertson where you shouldn't just expect that, okay, he's in the league, he's going to keep going like this. So we talked about uh, Nick being fairly emotional last night for for a lot of great reasons, Uh, but we did get a sense of the frustration that he had that he was not on the team. And I I think it's, again, a sign of maturity of knowing that he knows he's ready for the next level because in many ways, just, just listen to his tone about not starting in Toronto. Yeah, it's been uh, ups and downs for sure. I mean, uh, you know, to get the get to get sent down, given cap space and everything, and, and the situation was definitely uh, tough to grasp. Like I said, uh, that was tough. Um, but now to get a night like this is just uh, kind of makes up for it. And again, I don't want to just uh, have a night. You know, I want to be consistent. I want to play well and, and help the team. Tough to grasp. The right things. Right? Tough. Tough. It was tough. Said it twice. Said it twice. And I think we all can collectively say that it was, it was ridiculous that they didn't have this guy start game one and they went to Malgin. No, it's, it's bad. You know, I've heard a couple of people it's, it's, say that. It's not like, quite Spets the sitting in game one. Issue and he was waiver exempt. He'd miss a couple of games and he's back. Like... I don't know. We need to. You worried about a? But would Murray be back? The symbolism, would he be the principle here? of having just, him there. Would he be here if Murray would didn't get it's hurt? Just, that's a good question. Probably not. If, they, yeah, they would have. They would have protected Mulligan. Oh, man, but old Denny between they're, they're, the second, like he, third period he, was booking a flight he, back to Switzerland. He, he would probably still be in the minors. That's a, that's a killer thought. You know that right? you, you hope that wouldn't be the case, but it was. It was interesting, even in the that guy earned it he did earn it and he knows it and he's kind of reminding everybody of that with those comments and i love that about him even in that interview post game he said something to the effects of you know a week ago and then he kind of lets it trail and he goes it was tough or you know like a week ago things were different things are go a week ago he didn't know when he was gonna see the toronto maple leafs and you know he was toiling in the minors what a difference a week makes but boy yeah, you could see this is pretty important to the kid. Look, didn't he miss a World Juniors? Yes. To be a part of the NHL yes. team? Like, he has been like, don't care about anything else. NHL, NHL, NHL. He's here now. You're right. How do you rein it in a bit and just play every day? I, I feel guilty for things I said, like, literally a week ago, saying that. <laughs> Sam. No, I know. Listen, I say, to it. I say dumb crap all the time. But I just, the Mulgan versus Robertson conversation, I was weighing Mulgan versus last year. Robertson, what he looked like. And I know there's preseason stuff and the highlights and how he had good games and whatever, preseason, yeah, preseason. Yeah, Mulligan danced again in the preseason too. But I, Mulligan's never looked like Robertson looked last night there, in his life. There never. will still be challenges for him to say that he can physically go through the NHL grind. Look, he hasn't been healthy and not in the NHL. And there is a concern I have still for sometimes leaving himself vulnerable after he scored he was all fired up he got pasted like three times on the next shift so (laughs) that's still there yeah he's gotten better at managing it and you hope that it progresses but to your point 
it's a long season here. So that was all our buts, because it was, yeah. but it was an awesome night. He showed that he can play. His skating is better. He's more physical. You know, he's going to be in the lineup every night until I, a run right. a bad play. I don't know. I don't, se- I don't do a lot of big couch celebrations anymore for regular season hockey when I'm watching games, but last night got me out of my seat a little bit when he scored the goal. Yeah. I was just yeah. it developed was in a way that, that you fun. see him scraping the ceiling, I, and you're like, just, all right. Like, it's a, mon- a mundane regular season sometimes, and it's... You talk about the same things over and over sometimes, and it's just fun. It was a fun moment to see him score that goal. It was awesome. And his mom, the celebration, her wearing the Dallas hat and the Leafs jersey. I thought wearing the Leafs jersey was a bit of a statement about which kid she loves more, but uh, anyways, <laughs> we can move on from that. <laughs> the youngest. It's, it's always the youngest. Where, where do you want to go? go? Do we care about the goalie interference? Do we? Should we just have a quick comment on it? Like, can we literally make because, it quick? Because, again, we do chats during the games, yeah. and my first instinct was... No goal. And I think it was Craig Simpson who made a, a, a real valid point that the longer this thing goes. Uh, the worse it looks for the least. Well, yeah. most often it, it does. Yeah. That they are. And then the last the last um, replay that I saw, uh, I saw more momentum coming from Marner than I did Sagan. Thus... The mm-hmm. callback. Yep. And so Sammy thought it was a goal. In real time, I thought it, I was like, why, what, what's wrong with that? Like, I didn't think. <laughs> yeah. Officiating. Um... <laughs> Where did that clip come from? <laughs> I love Dubis. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was Dubas last year. I, I thought it was an obvious goal. I really did, right from the start. Like, yeah. it, the puck was going to cross the line. Like, he extended his arms a little bit when he was battling with Marner, but the puck was going in regardless of that or that arm extension or not. I thought it was an obvious goal. To me, no goal. Um, you know, I, I, I think that Marner does make contact with Samsonov, but it's Sagan who steers no. him into it. Yeah, he, I do. He may steer him in it, Yeah, it's his momentum that... No, but it's... Well, he's, no, he's, he gets no, his no, arm no. out. Yes, he does. He gets his arm out. But but the momentum was generated before his arm came out for, for Marner's uh, contact with his own goalie. I, I, he can't really get... Sagan's got that side of him. He can't really go anywhere, but where Sagan, Sagan steers him to. And the other part of that is it's called no goal on the ice. And so... You know, I've, saw, I've seen people say that the contact happened outside the blue paint and therefore it's either a penalty or a goal. I don't think it was outside the blue paint. There's a skate outside. You know generally how the the league feels, eh? If there's <laughs> any chance at all that they can call it a goal, they want goals. It, yeah. So Was it I'm, Papetti who tweeted that it's Mike Babcock in the situation <laughs> room? <laughs> yeah. I think in the future, I'd like to see if, if it is questionable for the official... I'd like to see the official call it a goal and then have the Leafs challenge it, not the other way around. Mm, That's a good point. I do think that there's a tendency now to put for the refs to, to want to put the themselves in a position where there can be a review. Like sometimes there's, there's a play that's they're not certain about. So they, they want to let the play go like offside. You're better off to let the play go and then challenge it rather than just blow it dead. So I like that point. That's a good one. Okay, um, comment on uh, Samsonov. <laughs> you know, he's he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. We just said ma- making the saves that he's supposed to. All summer, it was if the Leafs just get the saves they're supposed to get and nothing better, they'll be fine. That's what Samsonov has been to me. He's been good enough. Fine. Good brackets enough. <laughs> okay. Enough. Like, I, I thought he made some good saves. Both the goals that he let in, he kicked that. The first one, he just kicked his... 
and goes straight no, no, no. Rebound, just but... straight into the slot off yeah. his pad goes in whatever second one weird one but i i think he's fine yeah can can uh can we just grab a kipper's clipper on uh samsonov feeling really Confident. good Russian Jack yeah, Campbell? We absolutely yeah. Can. yeah no no we'll see in april you know like i don't know i feel good right now uh i live in a day, day by day you know uh just a day by day, you know, tomorrow practice, get some smile, a little bit skate, and uh, uh, great road trip, you know, like, get a hard games, you know, against uh, Winnipeg, you know, Vegas. Great teams. <laughs> great. Yeah, I don't even think he knows who they're playing. He's like, Winnipeg and Vegas, I think. <laughs> I come, I uh, get Make some, some smi- smile. <laughs> get some smile. Get some smile. Get some, get some smile. It should be the T-shirt for him. Get some smile. He could be slowly turning himself into a Russian Jack Campbell here. I, if, I love that he does some, interviews. A lot of guys are too uncomfortable. One, one guy is coming to get some smile. The other one's having um, an Instagram birthday party for his cat. What's the difference? <laughs> is that what's up with Jack these days? You didn't see last year oh, the yeah, post yeah, of yeah. Uh, the, the happy birthday party he had for his cat? <laughs> yeah, I saw it. That's what we have. We have Russian Jack Campbell here. That's What more could you ask for? I he talk, he's talked it for every game. He's won all his games, so that's interesting. We'll see what happens when he actually loses one. What he te- what he sounds like, but I, yeah, I, I just move on. I I agree with the fact that it, there's a lot of guys, and rightfully so. Listen, if I was playing in Russia and they're like, "Hey, can you do an interview in Russia?" I'd be like, "No, yeah, absolutely no. not. I'm gonna put my foot in my mouth. There's no chance." Yeah. So the fact that he does it and he doesn't really speak great English, I think it's it's a credit to him. It's good on him. Full credit. Yeah. Same goes for Slavkovsky in Montreal. We can get there later. We know what kind of week it was for the elite players of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Did something happen? Let's <laughs> recap last night for the elite players mm-hmm. because we watched uh, Austin play another game without a goal. And <laughs> take a little bit of a beating, if you ask me. Austin did. Yes. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, they're playing, like, teams all are due, playing him hard. With, with all due respect, if he's going to play about 75 more games like that, there ain't going to be nothing left of him. No. They, t- they took chunks out of him every chance they could get, didn't they? And you knew it was coming. Ben looks at that lineup and goes, I got a free ride to go cross-check this guy in the ribs. Who's going to do anything? Who's going to say anything? Yeah, and a guy like Ben doesn't care anyway, I don't think. But you're right. I do think that if you're playing Toronto and you say, how do we handle this team that is pretty top-heavy with these superstars? And you say, you just get a lick on them every chance you can. Get a lick on them. You know, get a piece. If we got to kill one off, we will. Someone that kind of did that for a living, it got under my skin a little bit watching it. Yeah. It did. It really bothered me that that they took a cross check on him. They ran him into the boards. He's not they, skating today. Maintenance day. Well, uh, yeah, he should be. His bruises. Are you kidding me? He's in, he's in a cold tub right now. <laughs> yes. Trying to get the swelling down. Yeah. The fall scared me. The weird fall he had in the corner where it was a holding. I don't know. Was it Hawk and Pile? It was one of those guys that was kind of collapsed on him and his legs got all bent weird he is taking a beating there's no he's debate. not feeling good today no yeah no and it's and it, it bothers me it bothers me because there was and i don't want to be a broken record here but shouldn't we have had a different feel about this lineup to to say that 
you know, maybe it's Kubel or somebody that can at yeah. least go. And I, I know Austin's not this type of player, but I really wish he, once he got cross-checked by Ben, he would have said something to him. Just an F you would have been sufficient. Mm-hmm. But when he gets cross-checked and he doesn't look at Ben, that's not a good sign. Yeah, Ben's a big man, but, but Austin's, you know, Austin's a big, Austin's man, a big too. man too. Yeah. Like, I know people are going to say you're an idiot and a Neanderthal, but if Austin took a stick and just gave him a little bit of a whack mm-hmm. anywhere and possibly got a one or two game suspension, I think it would have been the best one or two game suspension the yeah. man could get. No, I don't. I, I'm telling I, you. No, it's like at some point you have to tell somebody either Ben or anyone else that's watching this, you don't get free shots on me. I'm sorry, but my ribs are mine, not yours, to do whatever you want with them. You know, I look at this fourth line. It was a professional cross-check. Caught him right in the sweet spot. Just that little one? Knew exactly where to go. Caught him right in the sweet spot. But I look at the the fourth line, and this is a fourth line that I, you know, gave a lot of praise to heading into the year. Skate well, four-check hard, hit a lot have not been present for me at all. Abe Kubel is not even moving his feet on the forecheck. Zero presence uh, out of... Aston Reese played 639 last night. Aston Reese... Oh, let me do all strengths, maybe. Play okay, more. and, you know, we, we, we built up Mason March. thirty-four, Big time the other day. Mm-hmm. And he kind of ran around out there a little bit. I think he got a really good lick in on, on Marner, too. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but... Then Austin Reese had a chance to hit. Aston Reese, by the way. Aston Reese yeah. had a chance to hit Marchman and ended up getting an elbow penalty because it's one of those where it's like, you're not all in. You're not. It was a. It was. If it was a. If it was an actual attempt to send a message to. Yeah. To Mason Marchman and and hit him and run him and you know, it, it was like the worst excuse for a body check I've ever seen in my whole life. He took a penalty on it, didn't he? The the fourth line has elbow. Has, he, right, he took yeah. an elbow penalty yeah, yeah. on. I don't even know if it was an attempt to to hit him. It wasn't. He just kind of ran and in then, when his elbow was up. And then Mason gets up with some attitude, and Aston doesn't want to go there. He was so scared, so scared. <laughs> he was like you could see it in his face. He was petrified. This is not me right now. This is uh, right. He's he backpedaled. What kills me that, too? That's a horrible look for the Leafs. So. I agree. I, I My thought was that this line may not be the guys you're talking about, the guys who are going to go Wayne Simmons and Kyle Clifford and heavy and fight you. They may not be that. But to me, it was like, okay, they're going to work hard and hit and be competitive and whatever. They are getting filled in. And I know they're starting in the D zone like 90% of the time. But every game, if you sort the list of shots for and shots against, uh, 3, 4, 12 against, 2, 4, 14 against, like, I know they're starting the D zone. You're allowed to leave the D zone. Like, when Justin Hall garnered all the praise from people like me for his analytics, because he started in the D zone against great lines and great teams, and the play went the other way. They're starting these guys in their D zone, and they're not getting out of their D zone. So what are they doing here? You get to a point where you say, you know, the office space, what would you say you do here i'm telling you 
for what, what do you do is you go get back Wayne Simmons. And we were talking a, a little bit of a, of a backpedal on words for Sheldon Keefe. What's Kyle doing now putting Wayne Simmons back in the lineup on Saturday? This guy was left. Done. Do you Over. think he's in on Saturday? Oh, he is in on he's Saturday. He is in? Yeah, yeah. He's, it's been confirmed already. Kubel out. Okay. There you go. So how about that? How about this whole idea of you got this new fourth line where we're talking depth, it's going to be different now, and you wave Simmons. He doesn't go down to the Marlies. He skates at the practice facility. He loses his stall. The ultimate. He's got it now dressed in the same dressing room as all the kids. He's <laughs> across the hall with the public for, skate. For, for 10 days, he's got a dress in a room by himself, a 13-year veteran. And then, hey, um, you know how we kind of said we didn't need you anymore? Well, uh, we need you. And if Abe Kubel is who they thought he was going to be, maybe they don't do that. But, he, I mean, he, I'm telling you. I have multiple clips last night where he's on the back of a uh, Dallas uh, defenseman going to get a puck and just waiting, waiting for the guy to go at it and make it make a touch and on I, it. If, if, does Wayne play three minutes, four minutes, eight minutes? Yes. I don't care if it's one second. I will have Wayne Simmons sit on a bench and do nothing but just wait. Just jaw at people. Then what I've rather seen out of the fourth line already in five games, okay? Because at least you know if Wayne's just sitting there, he can give you something that those other guys can't, and that is attitude. Uh, the thing is, if you're going to get caved in on the fourth line anyway, you might as well have Well, that's somebody. right. You'd prefer not to. I'm Don't gonna, get me wrong. But I'm going to throw something at Logan you. Logan Stanley and Brendan Dillon I next, will, uh, next game. I will throw something at you that – if that's the, the fourth line that they think that's going to get them out of the f- first round, I'll pull Jason Spezza out of the stands, <laughs> out of the, 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 the suite, the box, whatever he, wherever he watches the game, and I'd rather bring Jason Spezza back than, than watch that. <laughs> I, and listen, You know, I just think, you know, we're five games in here. Hey, I'm not saying Sammy, the fourth line can't do Sammy. it. They're good players. Jason Spezza's been... On the fourth line for how many years now? Two or three? Three, yeah. Three. What did he, how many points did he get last year? I don't even remember. 20 or something, I don't know. 30? Maybe, yeah. I'll look it up. How many points? Like, he's, he, he's been most of his Leaf career on the fourth line. He had 25 points last year. 25 points. 25, 30. How many is Austin 25. Reese going to get this year? <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't get played. The coach doesn't want him out okay, there. He's playing. So tell me how many points he's going to get. 13. Give me Spetz's 25 or 30. No. You, so you actually oh, want this? Aston Reese is going to finish top 10 in hits this year. Is that not more valuable than the points you're getting out of Spezza? Spezza? Spezza would be more dangerous yeah. to score or do something than Aston Reese's chintzy little 
hits. And let's not forget, who stood up against Winnipeg last year when things are going sideways? Jason Spezza. <laughs> flying knee. Flying knee to the dome of, I don't remember who it was so, in Winnipeg. Hold on, so, uh, Kipper, I just want to confirm. At least You're, Jason's a threat out there well, to, to, to a, create no, or, you know. He was aware of his role. I joke about that, but he was aware that the Leafs needed someone to step up. He was aware he was a fourth liner. Has he fought every year he's been so, in Toronto? Okay, so, Kipper, like you actually want you want Spezza back is this I'll take I, I want I want Spezza's 30 no, points he doesn't want Spezza I want you Spezza's, want a different player I than, want Spezza's 30 points he wants than, a cap to go up I'm and steal Garnet than Hathaway. what I'm watching out there today okay in the first five games okay that's fair you'd rather watch what I, I still hire David Kempf by excuse the way me? I, I think that's uh, now I understand what you're saying. You'd yes. rather watch what Spezza does and what the fourth line has not done at all for yes. the first four or five games. I, that's fine. Okay. okay. That's all. My, but Wayne, Wayne comes in. They, they, they've been – teams are licking their chops, taking a run at uh, yeah. Austin, and, uh, and it's got to stop. And it, Wayne Simmons isn't perfect, but like I said, he'll bring you attitude. My junior coach used to say, uh, we'll say fornicate. Fornicate, fight, or hold the light. Which is a great expression. Like, when you put it over the boards, I don't care what you do, just do something. Fornicate, fight, or hold the light. Like, all right. <laughs> That's a really good Do we line. have a clip on Wayne Simmons drawing back in? Yeah, what do you want? You want Simmons or do you want, uh, do you want Keefe? Ah. Give us Keefe first. Okay, sounds good. Maybe we don't have it. I thought I'd put it in there. Hold on. We'll survive. Yeah. We have other clips. All right. <laughs> all right, play Wayne. Let's play, play Wayne. Wayne. Let's hear from him. Uh, I'd say more different than difficult. I, I think, you know, everything comes with its challenges, right? And for me, it was, um, you know, being put on waivers and getting sent down and then, um, you know, just getting by myself and, you know, trying to be prepared. And, um, and I was lucky enough to get called back up and I'm just getting with the team for about a week and a half now. So I feel completely prepared and, um, you know, I'm, I'm just excited. I'm just ready to get, you know, get into some game actually. Someone on Winnipeg is going to have to fight that man. I just, I'm not saying he should. I'm just guessing he's fired up, inspired, wants to show he's useful, right? Good. I hope it comes soon as they just look at Austin the wrong way. Oh, you know, guys in his position are looking for an excuse, obviously, to justify their value. And so, yeah, it would be a real bad night to be the first person to slash Austin in the ankle. Yes. Um, All right. You got to keep on uh, Wayne Simmons. I would just we don't want to sit too long here. Now we have the flexibility to move guys in and out. Uh, um, I thought Wayne had a good camp with us. You know, like we talked about, there's a number of guys, you know, whether it's Wayne or Kyle Clifford or, you know, guys that haven't played with us, you know, that are down with the Marlies, um, you know, that had good camps. You know, and, and uh, Simmons and Clifford particularly, these are guys that, you know, were important parts of our team last year and they're an important part of our culture and an important part of our group. Um, so having Wayne up here and having flexibility with our lineup and roster, I think it's important to get him involved. That's uh, that's choosing your words carefully here. I thought he had a good camp. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I just don't want him exist. to sit too long because I'm worried about him sitting too long. No, it's your fourth line. It's watching Austin get run and Mitch. That's why Simmons is mm -hmm. in, not because you don't want him to sit too long. Yeah, no, it is uh, choosing to look at the positive and saying not that these guys haven't been good, so we have to do something else, but we have something else here that we would like to see. Soft. It's, it's tough to see a world where Simmons plays himself into being one of the 12 forwards in playoffs again, but 
you know, Mike Fuda, who was on our show yesterday, talked quite a bit about Curtis McDermott in Colorado and how he played 82 regular season games and didn't dress in the playoffs. But the value that had for those players over the course of the season was was still a, a value that made them better going into playoffs, made them healthier, made them more confident. Can Wayne do that for this team? I don't know. He's going to try. Isn't Curtis Douglas punch people too? Ooh, Punchy Douglas. Couldn't they give him a shot? I wonder, kind of, wonder what his nah. start's been like. No, he they healthy scratched him. In the, the mar- with the Marlies, really? Yeah, oh, they boy. did. They, they they weren't happy with him. Damn, off they of, were really excited off going into of one the play, him. which I don't know. You can work with him. Just work with him. That's yeah. all, right? Well, so um, work with him, get him NHL ready, then spe- let him sign with an Especially when you watch, <laughs> trade him for hey, Malkin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like don't if he's got any chance of being the next even... Mason Marchment, work with him, please. I have heard that they are directly afraid of that happening. Like they, yeah. this guy's going nowhere because they're afraid of that happening. Okay, uh, Derek, was did you give me a Kyle Dubis uh, sound about five ten minutes ago? Oh, that was his uh, officiating from last. Yeah, let's year. hear it again. Oh, and I've got him off there. Officiating. Um. <laughs> okay, which brings us up to uh, the next he was topic not here. Not happy. Potty mouth Dubis. Not happy, and. You don't have to know how to read lips to know exactly what he said. And yet... Friggin' cheese and rice? Is that what he said? On (laughs) every highlight across this great world... You're not going to say he shouldn't be swearing up there, are you? No, I'm saying... Don't hang them out to dry by playing it over and over and over again. Yeah. Why are they doing that to him? Don't... Yeah. We know what he said. It's bad. Okay, He's competitive. He wants to win. There's families out there. There's kids out there. We it, know what he said. It is the most clear swearing oh. you could put on TV without actual don't, audio. Don't do that. Yeah, it's... Why, like... Are, are you are you celebrating it? Is that what we're doing by I, playing I think, it all the time? I do think there's an element of, like, the, do, com- do the composed computer nerd. You know, we got him being emotional... You're burying him. Yeah, they don't care. No don't, don't. You want to play it once, play it once, but not like yeah. a thousand times between <laughs> after the game and then it was running all morning too and everybody's getting a, a good kick out of it. It doesn't do him any favors. See, in a way, I think it does because it lets people know he's a hockey guy when everyone thinks he's not a hockey guy. I don't know. I really just like the fact that we yeah, he's squirming. Sweep. He's squirming. No, you want to see him uncomfortable? What, that, Sammy? That me and him have a similar go-to series of swear words when we're upset. <laughs> I have said those God exact. God help words. us all, Sammy. <laughs> I, don't, hey, I don't say those on air, hey? which is hard. But sometimes I say those words when I'm mad. I've seen you chunk a wedge or two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the skull goes flying across the green. Those words have come out. Yeah. Think Colby Armstrong's uh, uttered a few. Nasty words in his days? I think so. Some on the Spitting Chicklets podcast. I'm guessing that's okay there. We're going to find out because he's coming up after the break. You're watching Real Kipper and Bourne, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, YouTube, Sportsnet Now, Spotify, iTunes. We're everywhere. everywhere. Back after this. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Just waiting on Colby Armstrong, former NHLer, Sportsnet hockey analyst, and uh, I don't know what else he's doing. I, I see him get up every once in a while. He put goalie equipment on for a, a feature the other day. I, I have no idea what it was for. For us? No, I don't know. I don't <laughs> Just know. Just a random feature? He's kind of like... Uh, Kind of like the relief guy, eh? For Sportsnet now or... You know what he is? What's that? Is he's like... There's all there's a handful of these people who interview in a certain way that, like, breaks down people's defenses. Yes. You know, like, Cabby used to be really good at that. He doesn't do it now as much. Yeah. But, you know, with Kobe and Jonathan Taves. Um, does, Nardwar, was he a guy Does Kobe have that? to hug everybody like Cabby did? Well, he makes people comfortable like Cabby. Yes. You know? Anyway, he's on. Nardwar makes him uncomfortable. Oh, is that what is that? What's that going backwards? on? We're just uh, talking about your, your, uh, your broadcasting career, how you're like uh, the guy that kind of just gets everybody to soften up, and then uh, then you lob them softballs with your questions. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Are it's you supposed awesome. to soften them up and then ask them tough questions? I thought I did ask Austin a, Austin a pretty tough question that he tried to avoid. But oh, like uh, whatever. When, uh, when are you signing in, in Arizona? That one? Yeah, that was the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty tough. And then he told you where yeah. to go, right? No, he said he was going to next question type of thing. And But, yeah, you're right. I did. I softened him up. He came in, couple chirps, little small talk, a little how's she going, boys. And then, uh, and then away I went. So, yeah, it was good. He was good with me this year. I loved it. I love doing that stuff. It's been a lot of fun. Speaking of Austin, uh, not off to the, the the greatest start. We know that. Um, probably the, when you factor in, he scored four goals his first NHL game ever. Worst start of his career. <laughs> I would say. Uh, that's one thing. But even watching Dallas last night, and I'm not sure what how much you watched of it, but Jamie Benn gave him a really good cross check. And you were part of a, an organization with Sid there. And can you speak of the on and off again conversation of, do we need someone to protect Sid? Is it the game's changed? Which guys have come in and out? Is it still going on whether or not Sid gets enough uh, people around him so, so no one takes liberties on him? Because I, I, I'm, I'm getting the sense right now that, that Austin's – Austin had a tough night physically last night, and uh, those questions I'm bringing up. For me, yeah, and, and it is on again, off again. I feel even here for, in Pittsburgh. And I, I mean, I, for the Penguins in general, it's, and Austin doesn't really play this way, but for Malkin and Latang and, and Crosby, like their game is involved in the action. Like they're in the, they're, they're, they play a more like gritty game, I think, than Austin would for a big body guy, but. Um, you know, for them to have to be kind of the, the, the muscle on the team as well. Like they're, they're the guys that start the fire. They're the guys that are in the fire. And it always seems like, you know, it's, if I was on the other team, I'd be like, all right, here we go. Sid wants to scrum. Let's I'm scrumming. I'm hundred percent. Right. Like this is what you do to this, to these star players. So um, the, the conversation does come and go here just because that's the case. Now, I don't know, like in Leafland, like this has been the, Dubis blueprint, elite skill, whatever you want to call it, and building the way he's built his team, and there's really no place. And then, and then also for people that always say like, "Oh, you, this is out of the game, this is gone," then like, then, then shut up if Austin gets hit. Shut your mouth because it doesn't matter to you. 
And that's the way the game is. And, oh, should he have to take it? No, he shouldn't. But they're going to do it. You better believe Jamie Benn's going to do it. So I I think it's nice to have a well-rounded, and I will call it this, guys, personality. Mm -hmm. you got to have players with some personality in your lineup. And Pat Maroon, perfect example of a guy. But uh, he's on the higher-end spectrum of being tougher or handling himself or handling other people for his teammates. Um, Look at Corey Perry, for example. Like, Corey Perry's a guy that I wouldn't put at the high end of, like, a guy that's going to, you know, fight heavyweights or, like, there's nothing left like that in the league anymore, really, barely. But just a guy that's always in it and around it, and you better believe he's going to stand in there and he's going to stand up for guys and he's not going to take anything. And, you know, he's got the swagger and he's got the personality. And it's finding guys like that. Like, even for the Penguins right now, they got Jan Ruda, who's come in. He, he's a quieter, stay-at-home defenseman, but he plays a stiff, hard, solid game. And, like, he's in your face. He's around the net. He'll bury you. And also Jeff Petrie, who's come in and, and absolutely smashed guys the first few games here of the season and, and been a big physical presence. Got a little carried away in Montreal with three penalties, which led to an OT winner uh, by Kirby Dock a few nights ago. But uh, nonetheless, last night, three points, a couple massive hits, and he was involved all over the ice. So having players with that kind of chip, out of all the chips they have at the poker table, to have that one extra chip that they can put on top is a key factor in looking at certain parts of your lineup, I think. And I don't know, I don't know what for the Leafs, for example, I don't know how much that chip is looked at at all. Uh, you got, you want to ask him, uh, I want to have a follow-up one more on I'm this. I'm going to stay on it too, but you go, okay. you, no, go you, first. Go, you go first. Okay. I wanted to know if, you know, this is something Kip's trying to sell me this week is, do you ever look at the other lineup or did you when you were playing at the opposing lineup and say they don't have a guy so I can play like X or they do have a guy. So I'm going to play like Y. Did it actually affect you going into a game? Um, there were certain guys that I was more like the, like the guys, like for example, like a Chris Neal type of guy. And yeah, guys, people are going to oh, he's a heavyweight. He's a heavyweight, but Chris Neal played a lot. Mm-hmm. Chris Neal was like a missile on the ice. Chris Neal was in everyone's face and like, what are you going to do about it? Chris Neal kind of thing. Right. And so I was more aware of like those kind of guys when I was going into my game to play a certain abrasive game as well, just because I knew that like, okay, if I'm out there, I know he might be out there. I've got to be aware of him out there. And we're going to play this back and forth game of like keeping each other kind of accountable. Like no chance I'm fighting Chris Neal, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll keep him accountable uh, from yeah. a distance. Uh, yeah. if so, but I will. I will play the game uh, and try to make it inside of my kind of rules. You know what I mean? <laughs> would you would you slash someone not as hard if Chris Neal was on the ice? <laughs> no, I would do the same thing, and then I would put it in his court that if he touches me, I'm going to go after someone really good on their team. <laughs> and he can make the decision. Yeah. <laughs> and I... I kind of hope that he makes the right decision. <laughs> See, next time we have an ex-player and you want to ask the same question, yeah. phrase it like this. Would you would you be playing wearing regular underwear or depends? <laughs> <laughs> right. That makes sense. Well, depends, it depends how the first period goes. There and then go. we'll see. might be making equipment swap halfway through. But it's, uh, yeah, I think it's a game of, you know, sometimes your bark's louder than your bite, but I think it comes down to having those types of personalities inside of your game that can do that. And I heard you guys before talking about Wayne Simmons and, you know, him being around and being, you know, put on waivers and having the opportunity to come and say what you want about him. But I mean, 
when you're on the ice, you know he's out there, no matter what. <laughs> so when 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 uh, when we got kicked to the curb at the end of our careers, man, that garbage truck couldn't come fast enough, eh, and pick us up. <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets another crack. He comes I in, and it, it's one thing, like you said, he's he. We're not sure what he can still do anymore compared to w- how good he was in the past, but he can bring attitude that. Yeah, and, and you saw that Aston Reese in, in Pittsburgh, did you not? Um, is yeah, it I did. E- a lot. Is, is it even a comparable? No, it's not even a comparable. Like, As- like Zach Aston Reese is reliable defensively, and will do his job, and will kill penalties, and, and you know, block the odd shot. Like uh, my biggest thing was with with him was always like he just leaves you. Like he could be, you know, instead of making a million bucks a year, like he could make you know, two and a half to three million if he just cranked it up and was like a little bit more reckless of a player. You know what I mean? And uh, that's just within his game. Like he could be a total beast. He's he's built pretty solid. Uh, he doesn't mind like kind of playing physical, but he won't go out of his way to, you know, be that, be that guy inside of the lineup. Like when you're looking at your team, like this is what I don't get now too in the game. It's like if I'm a guy in the minors or I'm a guy on the outside and I'm looking at a team's lineup, and I'm going, man, I want to play in the NHL. Like, how do you not, if you're close to being that type of player, not go, okay, I'm all in. Like, I will be that guy. I will, I, you know what, I'll have, I'll give you six awesome years of that, and my body might fall apart, but, like, I want to play in the NHL, and this is that's how you can write your ticket. Like, I don't get why guys, I feel like guys don't do that anymore. Everyone wants to be the same guy. Yeah, like, who's a four-checking missile that just blows people up and... It doesn't, yeah, I know what you mean. It doesn't seem like there's a ton of reckless players at this point. You know, looking at the Leafs in general, like, you know, it's a very good team. This is a team we think, yeah, here we said before the season, are. they're probably a 110-point team. Like, they have a high high ceiling for them, but they don't have a lot of guys with that demeanor of just, like, naturally wanting to, to, to go be frustrated. They're just, they would prefer to get by when it's easy. And I don't know if it's possible for people like that to change well, or if that has to come from... Get, get by on skill, right? Oh, Skills yeah. at like, the top so of the list. What, right. Yeah, this is what they've done, like on their pyramid of identifying things that they want on their team. And I think they've tried to, right? Like they've gone, got Wayne Simmons. They've had Zach Bogosian. They've had some other guys that they've gone and tried to like plug in there to be those kind of guys. But it's not like, I don't think like a, like a full round well-rounded like mission to you know establish this in their lineup and and also like that's lacking for like their mission of building their team I think and also goaltending is I don't I don't know like I like Freddie but I don't know if they put like a ton of it so it seems to me like they just don't like it's kind of like this is what we're just going to build this awesome forward lines and a couple defensemen and then, like, that's cool. It's like when I was doing fantasy hockey with my son, and I was like, oh, get this guy. Oh, yeah, get that guy. Oh, yeah, get that guy. And then all of a sudden, it's like we're down to the end, last few picks. I'm like, oh, crap, we forgot to get goalies. And then we're stuck with these guys. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, okay. They, they, get, they get the most points for you, too. It's like, yeah, go for you know. So I just don't know, like, in their vision of what, how to, like, what they value, I don't know if some of these attributes are – as valuable to them. And and that's what we're seeing right over the last how many years that this has been kind of the plan. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. That does seem to be consistent with them. So one person I did want to ask you about before we change topics on the beating people up thing was, <laughs> was uh, Arbor, Arbor Jackeye. I don't know if you see his fight against oh Cashin last God. night. What is this? You said there's no heavies in the league. This guy's 6'4", 240. What do we think, Colts? I know. I know. What a beast. Like, absolutely just wanted it so bad, too. Like, he wanted Cassie, and I was like, oh, boy. Like, he's a big boy. He can handle himself, but... I mean, he was just throwing jet like hammers. Or is he? He's from Hamilton, isn't he? I don't know. Is he Hamilton? Is he from Hamilton? I think he's from yeah. Hamilton. Bad. They make him bad out of Hamilton, don't they? Yeah, and he uh, he Except said after the Kevin game that he he'll, he won't turn Kevin anyone Bieksa. down. He said after the game. So, but even when you're watching Dallas, that's a big team. That blue line, yeah. like how hard yeah. it was for the Leafs to kind of get through. Like, was it Hackenpah? They play a stiff yeah. game. Like they play a Lindell stiff game. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know if they're going to punish you, but they're always going to be there. They play a stiff game. It's hard to get down the wall. <clears throat> it's difficult to cycle. <clears throat> like, it's just in those areas, they play a really stiff, hard game. And, I mean, I like that. I, I like that. Like, the fact that the Penguins went and got Jan Ruda here and, and Jeff Petrie, who's relieved minutes off Latang, But, I, I would like, Petrie plays a really solid, stiff game as well. Like, he's not afraid to step up and throw a big hit, which he's done in the first few games of the season, which I like. He's a big guy. But, like, it goes a long way to being a little bit harder to play against and identifying that and then identifying, like, adding some different feel and personality to your back end, the Penguins looked at it and went and got some guys and, you know, they identified that they needed to be different in that area. And I, I think you're right with Dallas, with the way they play, like in general, it's so interesting too, guys, like, you know, working the circuit teams coming in and seeing every team and, you know, some of these teams, different identities and, and what they are and how they play and uh, how teams match up and styles make fights and all this stuff. And, and, and watching the, the ground and pound teams versus the more teams that are better in transition and, and seeing the way the game kind of, comes out and, and what these teams are built to be. So in saying that, looking at the elites, they're built to be what a speed transition elite skill team that can score goals. That's their identity. The Pittsburgh Penguins in the Metro division, uh, three wins in four and Sid is off to a good start. Is there any sense yeah. at all, Colby, that, that uh, Sid's really putting this season on his shoulders because there was the thought that, uh, the Fab Three of Latang and Malkin yeah. and Sid were going to break up, and it's just time to let one of them go. And it certainly looked like it was going to be Malkin, and yet, I, we know Sid said, "Uh-uh, we want him back, and we can make this thing work." Yeah, I think I think that, and I think I think Malkin too this year has has looked totally different from last year, and, and rightfully so. I mean, he had major knee surgery, came back mid-season, and was kind of trying to catch up the whole time, but to see the way he's playing too. So to have now to have really like two lines again of the two headed monster. Uh, and then Carter as your third line center has been, you know, really good to see, but you're right. Sid, six points, his first two games, he kind of took the night off in Montreal uh, and then came back against LA last night. And his, I think that the secret with him and his line, and they've added Raquel and Russ dropped down with, with uh, Malkin, but the secret with him and Gensel, and I wouldn't, you wouldn't look at Gensel and think this, but down low in the ozone, like the cycling little, little touch pass game, spin it off checks, get into the net. Um, that's when they're involved. So when I watch Sid right now and I watch his game and I watch the way they get on pucks in the offensive zone and create two, three, four chances off of 
an offensive zone chance. That's where he's doing most of his damage and when he's really, really good with Gensel on that line. Um, and, and the start's been incredible. So, yeah, I think a lot to do with Sid for sure. And I think like kind of like Gino's like no contract over his head. Injuries, he's healthy and had a great summer. And he's come in and he's dancing out there too. So to see a big body guy like that moving the way he is this year, it's nice to watch. Yeah, they're first in the NHL in goals four per game. 20 goals through four games. That's five a night. Not a bad little average. Leafs are 24th, by the way, guys. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, you know, in looking at uh, Nick Robertson. Not elite. I know. Not elite, Borny. <laughs> I know. Looking at Nick Robertson here last night, you mentioned Jake Gensel, a guy who yeah. has gotten good playing down low, making plays off the cycle, not just a rush guy. Nick Robertson has come in this year, and he's had one good game, look like a player who's learning to score different ways, you know, not off the rush as well. His first goal is a nice one. What What's it like coming into the league and evolving as a player and learning to play the other parts of the game? That's a concern with yeah. Robertson is like, is trying to find out how he can be a contributor when he's not scoring. Well, I think that's why I spent three and a half years in the minors just because, you know, yeah. you have to be good at all these things. Like there's no question, I, you know, being a winger, it's board play. It's, it's uh, accepting pressure and how to, how to have poise on pucks in certain areas and tough areas to make plays. And, you know, Robertson's a little darting player in, in and out of areas. Uh, he has, I think, obviously an elite shot. He can rip the puck. We saw, you know, glimpses of him uh, last year and at times and, and, and what his game can be. But I think, you know, as you, as you marinate and figure some things out, I think just naturally you start to, you know, gain a lot of those things. Yes, it comes with working at it and experience, but I think you gain and work at some of the finer, smaller details of your game. And, you know, it's, it's, it comes with age. I think it's just, it's just an experience. It comes with, you know, being in those positions and figuring it out for yourself. So to see him have the success he has, and I'll say this too, I think it's important too on teams to get, like it's nice to have your team set and everyone's there. And of course the salary cap seems to mess up a lot of teams, um, the Leafs in particular, but it's nice to have like an infusion of, of, of drive and want and hunger to stay there because, right. you know, you get that in your lineup and I think it spreads to the lineup a little bit. I think that enthusiasm is, is important when you're looking at teams and you're bringing in maybe a new face that you're unsure of, but definitely the enthusiasm and the will to want to stay there is contagious. I think a little bit through a lineup. Oh, so, yeah. um, and I think Robertson, I think Robertson can bring that. I think he's hungry. I think he wants to prove it. And, and we heard him after the game and we saw what he did during the game and dream come true OT winner and two goals and, uh, kind of changed the narrative for the Leafs team. Um, and you know, he said he's hungry. He wants to stay here. He wants to be a guy. So, you know, to have that is, is that that's, that's huge for a dressing room. That's exactly how we opened up the show. Uh, just talking about uh, how, how great that was. Um, yeah. what, what did I see you on TV? You were a goalie. Someone was shooting something at you. What, what, what was oh, that? Yeah. I'm doing some nerf nerf shoots, boys. <laughs> what? what nerf? Is, like you say, like we're supposed to know what nerf shoots are. Like, oh yeah, nerf shoots. <laughs> what? Buddy, I'm ripping. I'm ripping uh, nerf blasters. I got my kids involved. Like the guns? Yeah, the on the on nerf the bench guns. guys. Yeah, the Nerf Blasters, but the Sick. Nerf Blasters, okay? Sick. Yeah, so Are you it was, tough it was enough good. to play this game? So, I so, in. So the, <laughs> the, moment, the moment the cameras go down, are you like, can I have my money now, please? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> He's getting paid in Nerf Blasters hey. for his kids. Are you kidding me? Hey. 
You're gonna... After I'm d- after I'm done dancing for hey. my dinner, yeah, I expect. To <laughs> when's get when's your next segment? I'll do anything for a buck. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they put me, boys. The old <laughs> singing, dancing clown. What are we doing? Hey. Where are we going? Who do we? <laughs> hey, get it while you can. It's only a matter of time before they kick us to the curb again, eh? Yeah, yeah, you know it, buddy. All so right. I just uh, they call me, I show up. I, I crush an energy drink and away we go. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love it, boys. Keep up yep, the great work, man. See you guys soon. Hey, Appreciate great, it. Great debut this season on our show, by the way. You nailed it. Thanks, boys. Thanks. I appreciate it. Love okay. it. Go we'll get Armstrong. some good sound clips out of this, Sam. All right, Sammy, <laughs> clipping them all off. <laughs> Sammy's calling you out. I don't yeah, think he's Sammy. Been, I don't think he's been happy with your clipping of uh, of Colby after our shows. Blame <laughs> Derek, not me. <laughs> Great job, boys. All right, Colby Armstrong. Yeah, see, everybody sees it. What Nick Robertson brings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that you. I love that point about drive and energy and excitement and being a part of it. Yes. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you guys a question. We didn't get to it in the first block. Yeah. I mean, maybe five minutes isn't enough time no. to talk about it. I hope it's my, the topic I want to hit. Nerf. Is, oh, is it Nerf guns? No. Oh. I was going to talk about the least power play. Thank you. Bingo. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I, want, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. Okay. But is it too early to have the conversation about Rasmus Sandin on the top power play unit? And no, it's not because we saw it. They went one We're seeing for it. Eight. We saw it. It is now in a position where they may look at Rasmus and say, hey, look at the goal that they scored last night. A, sh- uh, a heavy shot from mm-hmm. the point that actually created the rebound. I cannot stand watching Morgan Riley on the power play. And I love him. I love the guy. He's like my favorite Leafs interview. I think he's so talented. He's worth every penny. I cannot stand watching him in the power play every single time. And this is, I don't think I'm the best power play player in the world. Pretty good. But uh, he passes it to the second most dangerous option every time. If there's a Austin. blank that's open. Austin. He's, he's, he's looking at Austin every time. So the, last night I sent you guys that clip. Riley uh, Nylander gets a shot. It comes back to Riley. Nylander's back on the flank. Gives it to Austin who's facing his own net. And under duress, and it's like, the, just the the guy that should be actually the handling guy. the puck the most on it is Mitch Marner, for sure. And forever, Mitch was the and flank guy there. And and I'll, then... I'll tell you another thing that drove me nuts watching this game is that every time it seemed like a key faceoff, they lost, and they kept throwing. And Tavares had a tough time on some key faceoffs. It was like you're losing thirty seconds when you oh, when, yeah. you, when you lose the draw, and. They kept going back to him, mm-hmm. like uncle. It's just not and your Matthews night. Matthews is a large man with it's, a great winning percentage. He can so take some draws. JT, it's just not your night on, on the faceoffs, uh, especially can, on the power play. And you can win it to the middle. That's fine. You know, it doesn't. But you don't have to be the right hand to take it on that side. It. Uh, I, I brought the subject up last week. Mm-hmm. It was a problem down the stretch, and it's a problem out of the stretch. This season. Only problem is I don't love either solution. I don't like Sandy and I sure he seems like the next guy you'd give a chance to, sure. To me, it's just a read thing. It just feels like he has a better feel for it. Sandine does, yeah. It comes, okay. more, it comes more naturally. Don't give him a shot at he it. I'd like to try just it. Give him ten puck. games, yes, and he does shoot it. He shoots it. It's hard for Morgan to shoot the puck. 
He risked, he, he's done the little sifter. A, a redirect. He's looking for a lane. Yeah. It's, it's harder for him. He's looking for a flank that can't shoot it because no one's in a one-timer position. <gasps> Jacob Chikrin. Uh, He'll play next week. Watch him. Hopefully he stays healthy. He'll put himself in a position in the next few weeks to, for teams to watch him. And again, he's not a right-handed shot. He's not uh, not a huge shutdown guy, but he yeah. can hammer the puck. And I can still, as much as I still looked at that playoff series against Tampa Bay, I think there's an argument to say if the power play wouldn't have let them down, mm-hmm. they could have got past Tampa Bay. Definitely. You know, it's interesting to me, you know, they had some struggles with Morgan, or sorry, with Marner as the flank guy, but they left him there forever. Was this two years ago? A year ago, but he... It was when, no, it was when Babs was the coach, and they did the exact same play every, every time just, where he came off the half boards and shot it into the middle looking for the tip. Right. It happened, like, so, legitimately every power play. But here's the thing. They haven't done anything different. Like, they have the option to have Marner on that flank. They have the option to put Matthews on his one, one, uh, one-timer side. They have the option to, you know, well, if it's Chikrin or a guy like that, if they can hit a one-timer, that would help. But they can do so many different things, and they just get stuck. All right, it's Willie right now on one flank, and it's yeah. Austin on the other. So they have to catch and release it. Morgan passes to the wrong side, never shoots it. Shouldn't the power play coach ha- take take some heat right now? I think this sounds like it to me. I mean, the, We're giving him some heat. Yeah, this is, yeah, he should, because it's, it's uncreative right now, and... And, I don't know. Okay, so now that we're hammering our hobby horses here about the power play, to me, they get caught up at the line so often. You don't like their entries. I, I know, listen, you're never going to just rim it in every time. I know you're not, it's not 1998. But it should be an you're option. Not gonna, you're not going to dump and chase the puck and get that. Like, I know the game has changed. But to me, they get predictable in these games, and they have these games where it's red hot, and they get in there, and it just seems to me that they don't want to do the classic rim, Puck retrieval, win a battle, get, extra get the bodies, puck. Get extra bodies on the retrieval. That's the one yeah. thing that the top unit seems to be missing to me is yeah. a puck retrieval wow. guy. I just think... They don't have anyone who's going to do it. If you, if you know that... Hyman did. If, if, if you know <laughs> that... Uh, if, did, if a lot of it starts from the top with Morgan and you know that it's not he's not a threat to hammer it, you start cheating on Austin and yeah. that, that, that shuts down a big portion. Yeah which is why you need him on a one-timer side so he can get it off quicker. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, let me read this. Uh, J.D. Bunkus, is this a typo? <laughs> is he is he really coming on our show? Bunk! I wish no he was in the house. Why isn't he in the house? All right, this is serious. Okay, well, thanks for letting me know. Host of J.D. Bunkus podcast and Leaf Talk immediately following every game on YouTube and Sportsnet Now. With our dear boy, Sammy. I was, getting, I was taking a beating for my hair last night. Oh, really? Uh, they're like, run a comb through it. Oh, yeah. Sammy uh, like, brushes yeah. his hair with a pork chop most days. Just, is that your uh, your family or your, uh, the friends? But about my hair? No, the uh, people were just saying it looked bad, oh. including today. <laughs> okay, J.D. Bunkus, after the break, watching, listening, Real Kipper at Board. Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
you happen to be watching on YouTube, hit the like button. We like that. Do we not? I'm going to select like as well. There. Can't like yourself, can you? I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you know who really loves himself? It's a nice seg. Our next guest. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, he's like, I don't know if that's a fair start. This reminds me of coming on your show for years, just getting killed on the way in. Hey, you know, I just, I just want to say, hey, Kipper, like yeah. I've been reading your articles lately. They're, they're really good. Oh no! Where's the punchline? Just give it to me right now. Go ahead, Barry. I just want to know who's writing them. <laughs> it's obviously not you. you it's obviously not you because I've seen you text, and those are there not you. you. So who is writing those articles, Kipper? Reveal the true ghostwriter. Tip your waiter. He's gonna be here all week, folks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. How no, are you? Man. How's the new show, the post-game show with our boy Sammy? It's you, Sammy. And a bunch of drunk Lee fans every yeah. post game show. Thanks for yeah. watching. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great job. Yeah. So far, actually, it was a nightmare out of the gate. I'm not going to lie in terms of our audio. I screwed up our first one with Bourne to the effect that Bourne was like, yeah, I'm not coming back until everything's fixed. Bourne, everything's fixed. See you in November. Right? We finally had one that was. I would say 98% mistake-free, other than my internet froze one point for like a second. Outside of that, though, pretty good. We're, we're having fun, boys. This are, is fun. Like you... how, look at these games so far. It's been such a roller coaster. It's been like the perfect way to launch the show. Are you, you're still using the karaoke mic? Yeah. I, no, the mic is fixed. All right? Okay, the, good. The mic is fixed. Good, good. So uh, everything uh, rosy in your leaf world with uh, an overtime win? Ah. I did think I, this was my take today, and I'm curious what you guys think about it. Mm -hmm. I think that the way they won that game with Nick Robertson scoring the two goals was the only way to actually kind of erase what had happened in that first period and what had been going on in Leafland. I heard you guys the other day, and it's so true. Kipper, like, you nailed it. The you, you can't start your own fires in this market. And it was hilarious to me that Keith basically signed off media conference number three, explaining something no one asked him to explain for, uh, with, I was just prepping himself for the, the guys for the media. I'm like, Sheldon, you seem like the dead last guy on the planet to prepare anybody for media stuff. Like, you, <laughs> you are so overwhelmed by all of this. Like, I texted the fellas yesterday about, remember the Amazon series, episode one? Matthews says to the media, again, something no one's picking up on goes I think we needed to open it up a little bit more and he storms into Dubas's office and tells him that they all need to get on the same page with the media and that he needs to have a talk with Austin Matthews like his superstar player Kipper can you imagine if your general manager like you would have had in New York a guy go up to Mark Messi and be like we all have to be on the same page day one because they said something to a New York paper like it's very odd and so I just think that he created his own problem. It spun into a weird news cycle that got like completely out of control. And then the Leafs dogged it last night in that first period to the point where I thought, oh my God, they're actually doing like the coach killer thing. Like this is actually happening. And then here comes this kid, Nick Robertson, who, God, Leaf fans need to be good, right? The organization needs to be something. <laughs> and he provides two game he provides two huge goals, two beautiful goals, including a game winner. So totally flipped the script going to the weekend. I'm not rosy, I guess. Like I don't think any Leaf fan is rosy right now, but it, it is astonishing to me, like, the way this team just is able to just ride this narrative roller coaster and how hilarious it's been for the first five games. It has been uh, uh, good for Leafs talk, good for your show, good for our show. It's been enjoyable. 
the the Robertson thing has been exciting, you know, in a way that they've just been dying for this, like, fresh breath of enthusiasm and someone else who can score and something to be excited about that's new about this team, you know, and then I come on the show today and Kipper makes the point that it's pretty ridiculous this guy didn't start the year with the team. Given his preseason and, you know, protecting Dennis Mulgan, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Robertson and what, you know, how he got here and what he's going to mean for this team? So I'm with Kipper. And this is something that I've been asking guys privately and I've been asking guys on the show. But Kipper, like you would know better than anybody. He's a kid who got his showcase last year, right, after coming off the injury and just didn't really perform well. And then there was Buzzborne, like you know about it, how, mm-hmm. hey, maybe the organization wasn't actually so high on him. They felt as though he needed to be a better playmaker, that he was kind of one-dimensional, that they weren't really sure what his future was with the team. And then he goes away for an offseason and works his ass off, gets bigger, gets stronger, gets smarter, and shows up to camp and dominates. And I was listening to, it was 32 thoughts that actually made me think about this, and they weren't talking about the Leafs. They were talking about a goaltending situation, and I can't remember what it was, but they, Merrick floated around the idea about, hey, maybe this team grabs a goalie off waivers. And Elliot said, no, you got to show a sign of faith to the young guy who did everything right during the offseason. I went, why wouldn't Nick Robertson be thinking that? Like, okay, sure, he's a professional and blah, blah, blah nothing's owed to him or whatever, but for him to show up to camp, be the story of camp, dominate the way he did, and then be during a Stanley Cup season where it's all about like trying to stack the wins, sending him down because you stubbornly refuse to acknowledge that Dennis Malgan is a five foot nine guy that was just in the Swiss League and no other team seems to be all that horned up for. You don't want to lose him to waivers because what? He might become a Barabanov type figure on a like no on a nothing team right. like I, I just don't understand it so I could understand his a little bit of resentment the, the good thing for them is that he's here now but the other question is would he have been if not for these injuries like if it doesn't nothing happens to Matt Murray when do we see this kid so uh at the break I was flipping through my phone and uh I saw an article and I think it was written by Mike uh Tracos. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not he, afraid to go right at it. Eh? And uh he he he's writing that this is the best time to trade Nick Robertson. <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah. And no, and listen, just, I'm not God love Tracos. But I'm not yeah. I'm not ripping him. Um no. I'm just acknowledging it because this goes into what we talked about earlier in the show on on now expectations and how this town can build people up and and create something that most markets don't. And like I, I didn't even read the article. He, he could have some great points in it, and <laughs> I, I want to read it. But yeah. it's not about Tracos and the article. It's about maybe Nick Robertson thinking that he played a great game. He spent his whole life. The most Toronto thing in the world. Trying to get to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. He has the greatest moment of his life. And then he's reading, they want me traded now. Kipper, can I ask you a question, though? Do you think this is real? Because this is something I always wonder about, right? Because Dubas has been part of the reason that he's, I guess, Nick Robertson was not here to start the year is that Dubas strongly believes that his guys always get plucked on waivers and it's a clear point of frustration for him and you always hear this from media people right and I I don't get it where they go if you have success in Toronto then everybody else is going to want you and I go yeah I guess like if you're good here then 
then other places might want you, and that, those places might just be Edmonton alone. That's like, who's a free agent in Toronto? We'll sign them next year. We'll see you then. But outside of that, do you really think that other GMs care or other – like outside of trying to stick it to somebody maybe, but like that it actually matters if somebody has success in Toronto that their stock, quote-unquote, goes up around the rest of the league. Like is that real? Because that feels so dumb to me. I can't believe it's true. I do. I've, I've stated this for a long, long time that people are jealous of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it's because of the attention and the money, and it's a constant – are there people outside that would love to stick it to Kyle and Brendan and you guys think you're so oh, great, yeah. you're so powerful? That I believe. And That I believe. Yeah, so, uh, you know, there, there's people out there that don't want them. Like, they love it. Like, I'm listening to Sammy early in the week. He's loving Jack Campbell, letting in a, a couple bad ones. It makes him feel good. Same thing. <laughs> outside of man. Outside <laughs> of... Toronto, there's a lot of people that just wish bad things, and if there's a yeah. if there's an easy way to stick it to Kyle, I, I do believe that that happens. Yeah. No, but I'm saying like the idea that just because someone is in more headlines, maybe subconsciously I, I think can so, hear Jim. that. Oh, it works. But, okay. It works. Yeah. Yeah. The media right. again, like it, it's this whole kind of times. It's a little of the propaganda, right? Where you sure. like okay, Aston Reese. Aston Reese. Think about yeah. this for a second, okay? Couldn't get a contract. 32 teams went up to him and said, you're not good enough. And I include the Toronto Maple Leafs this summer. You're not good enough to get a contract right now, but we'll put you on a PTO. And then he goes and gets his contract. And then there's 15 newspapers and print and radio, and it's just the buildup. And it's like, okay, how how good is Aston Reese? And we just, Colby watched him for a pretty long time out of Pittsburgh. He knows him pretty well. But they built him up here. The most damning thing he said was he called him controlled. I thought that was so, the last thing so, I want for my you know, if, line. If, if there's a bit that, of a hype machine, and there is, there's a hype machine in this town, and it's better than any hype machine out there. And if you can push the narrative that we're deeper now, we're better. This fourth line is deeper. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, didn't see. I didn't see. That? I didn't see deep in the first five games. Maybe it'll change. Maybe the, they they still see something that we don't, and that's great. But today they woke up and said, "We're not as deep as we thought, and we need to go back to Wayne Simmons." Because if we're not careful, that four-letter word that we've heard in the last few years is going to creep up. S-O-F-T. Kipper, that was that was that like got me hyped up. Damn, like, that, was, that was Damn. good. That was real good. Yeah. I was gonna say, use that hype machine now to promote Leafs talk. After every single Leafs game, Kipper will be there soon. Give it subscribe. You can't subscribe review. Yeah, no, but hey, I'm no, like Colby. Real. I got my hand out. Can I have my money now, please? Yeah, no, that was that was legit. Like that was, and it's so true. I actually did go on to ask you guys about the fourth line because that really was supposed to be a piece of the puzzle this year, right? Was okay. They're gonna have their depth six with an identity and it's like I actually don't mind the chemistry between Kerfoot and Yarncroft. that actually appears to be a thing Engvall is doing his full Engvall experience where it's just 
what what is it that you say you do here and then mm-hmm. other times he looks fast and good and, but it just oof, the experience going back and forth but so far like my my poor boy camp like sam and i are the leaders of the camp club you know like we're just we're, we're there all last year he was the find and they put two guys beside him that like i don't get it and for kubel to already be out of the lineup i know that it's only a million bucks and again it's only this market that would hyper care about that but how did he get identified? Like, that was a waivers guy last year, and all I can think of is, you will see the waivers again soon, son, because it's just, there's nothing to him. Yeah. No, I agree. It's been a, a slow start. It's been five games, but, man, it's not uh, it's not pretty out of the gates. I did, you know, I was fascinated by the catch that you had there that Keith last year had that thing with Matthews talking to the media this year. It's early in the season. Keith and the media again, you know, I thought generally he's someone who's handled it fairly well here. It's, it does feel like desperation time though. Doesn't it? Like the Leafs feel, he feels like he's pressing a bit. You know, we talked about what would the Leafs record be where you would ever consider like the coaching hot seat to be hot. Where do you think Keith stands with the Leafs in this market and the need to have success? Well, he's just in, a really unfortunate spot from I think a fan base perspective right because his regular season record has been great and his playoffs it's been pretty consensus across the board and Kipper you wouldn't like or you and Bourne would know this better than anyone but it it sure has felt like he hasn't been the best coach in any of the series and yeah like if we talk about hey Leafs have never had the better goalie I think that you could apply that to the coaching as well and if trouble starts to brew in a regular season, it's just, it, it does feel like it's, it kind of feels like a pretty similar place that Babcock was in when he got fired. That he went through a playoffs and it was similar problems in the playoffs that cost him. Um, he had an unfortunate media conference, right? When it was done, Sheldon's was, we got respect in the handshake line. Babcock's was, yeah, it wasn't really my fault. I wouldn't do anything different. And then Dubas was like, I take all the blame. <laughs> and it was like, okay, yeah. you guys seem like you're at different places. Um, and the fan base is sort of at a point where they know that it's it, no smart Leaf fan thinks that they should be making a significant trade in season for any of the core players. Like, they're stuck with those guys. But if you are going to be stuck with your core and you aren't going to be really moving those pieces and you do have a general manager that's, like, not um, extended beyond this year and so shouldn't probably be making any, any of those kind of big moves anyways, then you point to the coach. And I think he's at that spot. There's also a connection that I've never talked about this before, but I think there's almost a, a part of other fans or other people who watch this team that's like a subconscious thing with Dubas where it's like, hey, everyone accuses you of running like the country club, right? You hear that a lot from people. They go, it's a country club. It's a country club because people are too comfortable. And you hired a guy who's your boy. Would you fire your guy if you thought it was in the best interest of the club? And I feel like some people would look at that kind of a bloodletting as, okay, like this guy will do whatever it takes to win. This guy will make things uncomfortable. Because it's one thing to fire Babcock, the guy that was part of a different regime. It's another thing to fire the guy that, you know, you won a Calder Cup with and you came up with and people view you as attached to the hip, right? So I think there's like a symbolism to what that move could represent. And and I think that it's a really tough place for Sheldon Keefe to be because he needs to be like next near perfect for people kind of not to wonder about what that move might look like. I'm going to kind of paraphrase uh, and, uh, you know, Remember, I'm a guy that probably had about six concussions here. But I think if it was uh, the end of the season, 
press conference that uh, Kyle Dubas sat at the podium and uh, they were talking, uh, they asked him about Barry Trotz and the availability. Maybe it was Steve Simmons, I'm not sure. Yeah, he said he's the next Barry Trotz or whatever, right? He said in 15 years we're going to be talking about Sheldon, like we're talk, like like you're talking about Barry Trotz today. If if that's how I remember it, wow. And I would think, based on that comment, the last thing on his mind would ever be replacing Sheldon. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's what I mean about the kind of criticism of Dubis has been okay. So for someone that has been always viewed or has always described himself as, well, I look at every angle and we overturn every stone and we are all about competitive thinking. And it's like that Silicon Valley type of vibe that they try to put in there. Right. It's like, okay, well then prove it, prove that like it sucks because I'm, I'm not trying to advocate, do something for the sake of doing it. Right. Like that's dumb. That's how you do stupid things. All I'm saying is, is that if you're saying like Sheldon Keefe in 15 years is going to be Barry Trotz, it's like, okay, well, Barry Trotz has been fired before too. Like all the great coaches get fired. Right. That That's not an indictment that this guy can't be that. He just might not be the guy right now for your hockey club. And can you at least entertain that idea? And that's what I think scares people with Dubas overall is that they, they view his type of thinking as actually less flexible than what he represents or what, sorry, what he presents. Okay, be quiet And I think second. that's the one with him. Okay. All right. Um, I got, uh, I'm taking over the host job again right now. I got uh, a two-part question for you. Don't go overly long because we want to get Sam in here and JD okay. or uh, uh, JB. JD, JB. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I spelled soft right. <laughs> I, I was wondering where it was going to go. Okay. Like... Here it is. <laughs> First five games. Uh, okay. Okay. We've seen in the past that the Toronto Maple Leafs have time at times have looked remarkable. Mm-hmm. Like like really good. Maybe at times we've called them the best transition team, fast, the fastest team in the league. They've hit some incredible levels to get their 100, 115 points. Mm-hmm. Is there any indication in the first 5 games that you believe that they've lost a lot of that? that uh, they are they are more in f- for a grind than you think based on the first five games, or are they or is it just a team waiting to to hit that mark again and they can be a, a top three team uh, during the regular season? I'll go to you first. Is it Bunk? Bunk. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they can be a top three team in the regular season because okay. they do they do have those like moments. Like even think about like the Stars are three and zero last night and those the second and third periods it was like pretty clear and obvious which of those two teams was better right so with their goaltending and that yeah. blue line without muzzin yeah they can still but, but be a top are we three sure muzzin's good anymore like are, are we sure that that's e- a- even if he comes back in a week or two and 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 you, you run the risk of holding your breath every time he's out there they can be a top yeah. three team well top th- again they i think they've built a really good regular season team I'm, the question is, have they built a good playoff team? That's what it remains to be seen. Like, uh, Shane O'Brien always says that he's got that good code. He's like, I feel bad for GMs because it's almost like you've got to build one team for the regular season and another team for the playoffs. Okay. And that's the, the dichotomy, I think, of the Leafs. So, yeah, top three regular season do you think, for sure. Do you think but, they're still built to be a, a great regular season team based on the five games that you've seen? Based on the five games we've seen, No. But I do yeah. think they... Okay, do, do you yes. think the switch yes. will hit? Yes. I yes. think this is still a okay. team that can finish... Well, I'm a little they more... were fourth last year. Okay. Sammy? 
mildly concerned to the latter. Here's to, what concerns me. Maybe not. Them being 24th in the NHL in scoring concerns me. They're tied with Columbus and that Montreal right now. That is weird. And, and they face two. Wedgwood. Uh, to me, there's a disconnect between the blue line and, and the forwards. Yeah. I see a gap. Yeah. There's so many times when I see forwards blowing blow the zone and uh, it's a it's a 40-foot kind of turnover. And that that's concerning me. The fourth line concerns me. Uh, there the, are concerns. the depth. The depth of the uh, blue line concerns me. Physicality concerns me. And here's my second follow up to the question. We saw Dallas. Yeah. Not a team that we've ever taken seriously the last few years, but they did go to a final. They've got some uh, some guys out there that uh, some are guys. noticeable. Based on what you saw last night. Leafs and Dallas in a best of seven. Who are you taking? Is Wedgwood in that again for all those? No, no. <laughs> I get your point. It's, yeah. it's Ottinger. It's I. I, I so I'm going on the premise that this Leafs team has a switch that can be flipped. That Austin yeah. Matthews is not yeah. the guy he's been so far. That yeah. Mitch Marner has another gear yeah. to give. I, I think. I think by the time Ben and a few other on on defense are done, chewing them uh, up. Yeah, chewing them up. They yeah. they can't. They can't beat that team physically. Yeah. But they were better. You gotta, they, like, they were the better team that night. Like, I thought that Dallas was the team lucky to go to overtime. And again, it was Wedgwood. And so Dallas's best player wasn't on the ice, right? So it's a it's a weird one because, yeah, yeah the goaltending advantage would be massive. Kipper, I, I hear all your concerns. I, just, like they, I, I see a, a, a bigger, stronger physical team over seven games. Yeah. I, I would lean towards that aspect. What's up with Matthews? Do you think that no if if he he did get stronger I'm told he did uh-huh. work out did he come in thinking he's going to be a little bit more physical has that been enough to just throw him off a little bit You know there's two things for me one of them is the other teams being well prepared to face him knowing that Toronto you know that's their main source of offense you know, wondering if there's less pressure because everyone's saying it's the regular season doesn't matter. He's got a 60-goal season in his heart and whatever. Like, just get to playoffs. There's less urgency for him to get out to a hot start. But, J.D., I don't know if you saw my tweet today. He hasn't got a shot from the slot. Like, for a good shot from the slot that has been without pressure. There's been one, according to the stats, in five games, which I went back and looked at it, and it was fairly pressured. So Sam, I don't know, he's not getting inside. Sammy, did you answer the question? I I, I think the Leafs would be underdogs against Dallas. I with think it'd be, with it'd be a, a pick'em. Okay. I think the Leafs are better than Dallas, but not in goal in goal. Okay. I think I think Dallas was worse than Calgary last year, but yeah. there was a seven game series because they have Ottinger. That's an alternate. Yeah. It's goaltending, you know what it means. It's pretty you, good. Important. You, you do like Dallas's defense better than the Leafs, though, right now, don't you? Yeah, I guess. I, I guess. Don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't watch Dallas. I think if you it's went around the league, you that. could take Listen, ten I, different decoys yeah. right now and say better than an. I don't watch know, Dallas every night. I'd probably find reason to be pissed I, off. I, at I their... like the Leafs decor. Like I, I'm not worried about really? that. Really? Like Kip? Yeah. I just, I look at them and I go, so Mete's your eighth guy. That's not bad. That's like, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's they. They just Is have bodies. Like you forget that Jordy Ben's gonna show up at one point. Night. Like. Yeah, like, he was their sixth last night, but I'm just saying that everybody always says, like, you need eight guys, and at least I know who the eight guys are, and they all do something, right? Like, is it a perfect blue line? Like, no, but I think TJ Brody is awesome. Like, Morgan Riley always leaves a little bit to be desired, but he's really good. Like, Sandine, it's been a bit of a tough start, but... 
Like, they have guys, yeah, and they're going to get Lilligren back. There's, like, the, there's nobody with a, a presence, a physical presence. Ben, there's no Jordy one to ben, punish anybody. The brother of the guy you love, Jamie, oh, his brother, who's on, the same physical dimensions as him. Uh, He's showing up. Really? <laughs> really? Jordy, Jordy Ben, that's what you're well, hanging your hat on well, right you're now? At, you're telling me to say that they're not going to have a presence, and I'm saying that guy has okay. some thump. Like, right. they have a thumper. He could go in and uh, fill in for Muzzin. According this to is that. the problem. One guy doesn't fix the Leafs' lack of thumpiness. That's I've no. said this the whole time, is that their yeah. core guys are the okay. core guys, and they play the whole game, and you can't bring in, tape right. a thumpy guy on, and fix it. Go prepare yeah. for your post-game tomorrow night against Vancouver. <laughs> Kipper, when are you coming on? The Vancouver? They play... Or, no, <laughs> Winnipeg. Yes. Sorry, Winnipeg. That's when he's coming on, when it's Vancouver. Is it a week, Vancouver? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. it is. It's, it's next a, Saturday. It's next Saturday. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think Winnipeg. next Saturday's Kip, look, out. Next oh, Saturday's Kipper. LA. No, see, Kipper, that's what you're honing in on that Saturday. Come on. Come have a just come have a little hangout but, with the fellas buddy, on the street. I don't do weekends. <laughs> yeah, so they do weekday. <laughs> weekends are brought to you by Lil Buddha. Come on at one thirty, Lil Buddha sponsor, <laughs> and we'll do a little Lil Buddha hang at ten thirty at night. You think any bosses are gonna watch? The one thirty stream after the Golden Knights game. We can do whatever we want. Oh, we can say whatever we want. Tempting. <laughs> that's that's see, tempting. talk after dark. Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right. See you, fellas. Always JD, fun. thanks for doing that. See you, Bunk. JD Bunkus. Not short of opinion, that guy. Loved it. That's great, boys. Love it. No, that, that, that's proper leaf talk. Just kick it around. Do you uh, want to go to some texts? Is there a number or a Oh, yeah, tweet text or... us, 590-590. There you go. Yeah. And on YouTube, if Sammy, you can see some questions. When my computer's down. And At JT Born on Twitter. You got all sorts of tech issues these days. I do, really do. Yeah. I really do. I got a couple things before I get a text I want to ask you guys about. Okay. Uh, first of all, Habs looked like a juggernaut. Against uh, this other worst team in the league, that the Leafs lost to both these teams, by the way. Okay, and, but and, okay, Suzuki, Le- the Datsuk, are fun. When Datsuk, yeah. what That's, a goal! To me, it's a great goal, but it takes a backseat to uh, our new popular player, Jack Eye. <laughs> <laughs> if you, re- I just don't know which way to read his name, forwards or backwards. Do you hear what they call him? Uh, yeah, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Because his name, his last name looks like a Wi-Fi password. Oh, my God. I th- I, I laughed when <laughs> yeah, I read X-H-E-J-A-K. that. Yeah, Exclamation. Yeah. Point, question mark. It's a great handle. It is fantastic. Wow. And it, he he took care of uh, Zach Cassian pretty He did, but that wasn't the best part of the game. It was when Slavkovsky got run in the corner and then Jack I immediately ran down from the point and ran the guy who hit Slavkovsky. Had his back, right, Sammy? You that's, saw that. Open it up a little bit. And and that's how you go from here to here in popularity. Oh, you see him and Slaff are on the bench. Like, they're now they're, inseparable. They're, they're, they're rock stars right now in yeah. Montreal. Well, the expectations were so low. It's funny. There's a... Well, they're playing with house money. Well, like, they're 3-2 and two and the Leafs are 3-2. and two And we're like, should they fire Keith? And in Montreal, we're like, this is the greatest year of all oh. time. Hey, you turned off your mic. In Montreal, they're like, this is the greatest year of all time. You know, they're having a great time with it. So, way to go, Montreal. And that's Slavkovsky. Did I say it right? Let's just call him Slaff from now on. Slaffy. Slaffy, Slaffy. Uh, We talked about Nick Robertson bringing some youthful energy. Mm -hmm. This guy, you can't wipe the smile off his face. He is, you, you can tell he's just a good kid. Yeah, you can. He, and also another guy who doesn't speak perfect English, but is just going out there and doing his best in the interviews. Do, do we have him 
We do. Sammy, let's, we do have let's it. listen yeah. to uh, the first pick overall. I didn't even remember how did I score the goal. <laughs> Just went to celebrate because I think that's the best part of the goal, the Sally. So, yeah, I, I was focused more on celebration than how did I score. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. It's sh- awesome. And, you know, he, he gave it to the guy, I think it was Josh Brown, who had hit him earlier. He gave it to him in the celebration. And then you remember, like, oh, yeah, Slavkovsky's 6'4", 220 at 19 years old or whatever. Like, he's a guy. Oh, he's, he's going to be a house. Yeah, he's going to be. The same way that when Dreisaitl came in, I was like, hey, that's a tall player. And now I'm like, oh, that is one of the largest men around. He definitely, there's something to be said because, you know, people are getting, he's getting chirped a little bit. You know, Habs fans, Lee fans like to say that, you know, he's bust. You know, he's a bust. It's a fun bust. thing to say. It's a fun yeah. thing to say. I've said it okay. myself. Okay. Oh, he, 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 looks, he, skates like, he skates like Engvall. It's a fun thing to he, chirp him for. He comes in now and he gives that extra, like, he's making everybody feel like they're two inches taller, that guy. Montreal, like, you know, they, they got the number one overall pick. They got Marty St. Louis, their coach. They got, you know, they got. He is, he is the Leafs last year, Labushkin. Yeah, go, Jack Eye is. Jack Eye. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to go out there and entertain the fans once a night. That's great. Good for them. If you're going to suck, and they likely will, you might as well have some fun on the way. I, I just, there's something to be said about drafting. Because they it was a bit of a reach. People thought they were going to go Shane Wright, and there was there was a bit of a reach factor when they took him. Yeah. But this guy, to use a popular phrase amongst the kids, does have that dog in him. <laughs> He's got that dog in him? He does. He just, he kind of has that. Fu factor that you can't teach. Like he cares. Favorite factor. He cares, man. The guy cares, and you saw him after that goal, yeah. just screaming in that dude's face after yeah. he scores. Great. So no, it's awesome. Good on him. You know who has very little dog in him? It's the Vancouver Canucks. Oh boy. They lost their fifth straight game after leading the match. What is going on there? I talked to some people in Vancouver who think that team is just it. I'll say it. They think they're a joke. I don't. But some people think it's like a bunch of phonies. They're not buying the tough guy, JT Miller, or Horvat, or Emo Pedersen. Or- I don't understand the signing of JT Miller. Sammy doesn't either. It's a disaster. What? It's just. You got to be close. Well, we have this conversation about the Canucks all the time, fellas. It's been one that they've had for what, the last five, six years when they've been in this mushy middle that it seems that they want to try to make the playoffs and they're halfway in, they're halfway out. Do you know the haul you could have got for JT Miller last year at the deadline or the haul you could get from this year at the deadline and just reset your first-round picks, your prospects? Not, that like, decor is dreadful. I don't know. If, trying to find this Miller. Uh, how, many, how many teams would want to take his contract right now? Here's what Miller said today. I'm trying to be patient, but I'm not going to change the way I'm playing, away from the puck and in my own end because I don't think I've given up much of anything there. And he's been on for a ton against. Like, he's fighting back against. Well, I was I was listening to John Shorthouse uh, and John Garrett uh, do their wrap-up. And uh, I think Shorty comes on and, and says uh, that uh, JT Miller and, uh, uh, and Brock Besser were on for over two minutes on the game-winning goal. Oh, boy. And I'm like, wow, that's a... Two minutes. That's a well, long it was shift. a penalty kill, so I yeah, guess they, they got just got caught. They or, just yeah. they, they got caught, yeah. but sounds like a McKee beer league I'm shift. Like, <laughs> just looping if about. You're, if you're going to be out there that long, uh, make sure you don't. Yeah, you're not digging a puck out of your own zone. You know, I said this to you guys before the show that it feels like they're headed to disaster, and Boudreaux doesn't have a contract going into next year, and 
you know, they're kind of caught in the middle and everything feels bad there right now. If you're going to do it, I think Brian Burke has said this, like the second you, you're thinking about firing the coach or making a change, you just got to do it. Like you just got to just rip this Band-Aid off. If they're going to change directions, they should do it now and not wait till the season's lost in yeah. 20 games from now. What do they have on the bench? Mike, Mike Yo, is, is Yo there? Oh, God, he's been everywhere, Yo. And oh. then he... Fills in Bit of a yo-yo, if you will. Oh, that's okay. Can you check that? Because yeah, I'm, I'm not going to look now. like an idiot if he's not there. I'm looking right now. Which he is an assistant coach for the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, that would kind of be the logical See, and choice. I, and, and I just want to, if you need a fresh start, I don't like the assistant coach coming in to fix it. Like, you need fresh start, new ideas. Not the same ideas coming from a guy who takes three steps to his left. Well, you're, you, you think you're going to get uh, Barry Trotz? He, he, Barry Trotz would want to go and... He likes fix Kelowna. This. He's a BC guy. He'll he'll want to fix this. No, maybe it's not Barry Trotz. Is Rick Tockett? Do you want to go do it? Mm. I hope not. Why? Because we, we like him on the show. show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Selfish. Yeah, and Sabers. Want to get the Sabers before we go? Yeah, I'm. You, you're convinced. I'm certain, I, I was a. I like the way they uh, they played last year against the Leafs. Just what you saw out of them. They got they had Moxie. They looked big. They're, Moxie, they're, they're, draft pick. There's there's Alex Tuck and Tage Thompson up the middle. No, yeah, that's a big, strong middle. It's long. Let's, let's check out the and, average and two generational guys close to on defense with the way that uh, Darlene started and, and power. power. What what team wouldn't? Is, and Comrie's been really really good, but yeah, I mean, how, that's how long is that going to cost? House of cards there with that. I, I maybe maybe it's that. just maybe he's ready for a career year. You don't know. Goalies are weird, and Craig Anderson's the other goalie who, I, I guess at this point you know what you're going to get from him. He's decent, but that's they I, are a close knit group. I can tell you that. Hmm. That I just watching them, I know that they really like each other, mm-hmm. and they've got some of them have a little bit of a short leash. If anyone got in trouble, like they, they would be a team that would would come together on a on a Jamie Ben cross check to one of their better players. Yeah, Dylan yeah. Cousins. I can't like find the stat I was Matthews looking for, but year. the team is large. To your point, they they work. They are they, large, yeah, and they skate well. Yeah, their their key players are big bodied guys. Well, yeah. when you're terrible for however long, and you're drafting over and over and over at the top of the draft, you'd hope that eventually think, it comes together. Here. In theory, I'm, I mean, they've missed playoff nine. Years that's what in I mean. Row. Like you sunk forever. I hope you got some blue chippers. I'm crediting uh, Josh Allen and helping them. Yeah. He's, he's that he's good. He's turned the whole city around. He's, he's that good that that ripple effect has gone right to the Buffalo Sabres. Jets 4-2, and two, no big deal. He's my – Josh Allen's my favorite football player of all time. I'll just say it right now. <laughs> oh my God. I love him. I, I've got a man crush on him, Me too. Me too. He's just a stud. He's running. He's leaping over tall buildings in a single bound. This guy is like – he is he's Superman. A he's a phony. Oh! Oh my God! Oh my God! That's it. I'm not I, working with you anymore. That is, listen, I'm a Jets fan. I, I'm trying to fight the Buffalo Bills momentum. He's a stud. He's a stud. He, he is legit. There's no and doubt. I, he's not a phony. And he's got a heart like a lion. Yeah. Oh, and take all it the easy. no, it's true. And all Do the guys see, love see him. These quarterbacks. There's they're ten feet. 
The slide. Ten feet and then <laughs> so, the slide. This guy almost breathed on me. I, you'll never see that guy slide. That guy's taking every yard, and he's still going to run you over. I love it. That, I love it. That I mean, the perfect exemplification of that. Is it exemplification? Is that a word? Sure. It okay. is on Friday. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Uh, <laughs> against KC, hurdles whoever, and then he throws a dime to uh, to Dawson Knox for the, the the winning touchdown against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're winning the Super Bowl. It's a lock. Most ever gone wrong uh, in Buffalo before. All right, we've covered football. You happy with uh, the Jay signing uh, the, the manager Schneider? Three years. Uh, some people are like, don't have enough time for that one. Love it. He's, He's a great guy. I want to go have a beer with that guy. Not that I do that. Just that, <laughs> he lost. He that, lost. It was humiliating. That, mm-hmm. It. Listen, as much as one game in the game where there's the most games played can matter, the way that last while, the way that last game went. Really did. It was like my a opinion. week prior to that when everyone made him out to be the greatest manager in baseball. Good. Mm. Yeah, what did he do? When he walked Judge with the baseball. Yeah, he walked Judge. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh my God, Schneider. And then a week later they lose and they're like, I don't know about the Schneider guy. Lots more Boys. Schneider takes. More hey, lots more Schneider takes coming up with Ben Ennis on fan drive time. Well done. Some good juice this week, eh? The Leafs give us lots oh, of juice. Oh my goodness. No shortage. And we've solved nothing. Never. We and never. we help nobody. No. Nope. Not our goal. You're lagging the juice, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You're good back there, dude. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend. We're back on Monday. Real Kipper and Born.